Good morning, first service. So, who likes to have fun? Anybody? No one else? Anybody have fun? Anybody like to have fun? Come on, there we go. That's a lineman throwing me the ball, brother. Don't throw it back. (laughs) You'll see why I'm not a wide receiver. Well, today we're talking about fun. And maybe fun's different for you. Maybe you're like, oh, board games are fun to me, which I have several of my favorites up on the front of the stage. Or maybe you like card games. To those of you who love playing cards, uh, we have a word for you in the church. It's called sinners, all right? Um, Maybe you're like, no, no, I'm all about sports, whether it is football, whether it's softball, whether it's volleyball, or that thing we call soccer here. Maybe that's how you find fun. Or maybe you are a book person. You love to read or crochet or weave or that's where you find fun. Now, let me, hear, let me tell you, we, we don't call you weird. We just call you, you have fun differently. And that's okay. I love games of any kind, sports, board games. And the reason I love it is because deep down, after you pull apart, you know, the layers of my heart and my soul, you'll find at the basis, hopefully, Jesus. And then right after Jesus is this spirit of competitiveness. And that is just who I am. I'm a Jesus lover first, and I'm a competitive man second. Anybody say, yep, that's me. All right, all right, there we go, all right? So, we're in this series called Losing Your Marbles. And it's about how important investing in the next generation is. This is the final week. We've already talked about time, words, love, and stories, and how all those affect the next generation, how we should use those things, spend time with them, use words of encouragement, show them love, tell them stories. Well, today... I bring the fun. And let's be honest, on our staff, who better? (laughs) Let's pray. God, we are just so glad we can gather here in your house this morning. God, as we are in the house of the Lord, we pray that your spirit move. God, we pray as we talk about how to invest in the next generation and what it means to have fun over time that you encourage us. Because we should have fun with the fact that we have you. And we should enjoy the fact that we have you and your son as our savior. So God, make that the heart of our prayer this morning. Pray us in your name. Amen. Well, in order to talk about fun, I need to start with a simple truth. And I think it's a simple truth. Made this up this week. We spend more time with the people we have fun with. I think that's a very simple truth. Nobody wants to spend more time with people like, eh, when we're there, it's like, it's an okay time. That's family, all right? (laughs) We we like to spend time with people we have fun with. I can't say that second service because my mom's going to be here. Um, (laughs) But we love to spend time with people we have fun with. We just do. We have game nights. We we play softball and co-ed leagues. We we do those kind of fun things because we love spending time with those people. And, And we talk about investing in the next generation, maybe... You're losing a marble every now and again because you're not having fun with the next generation. And if this is your first week being here, please make sure you go back and watch the rest of the series. But we're talking about how much time you have left to invest, especially parents, with your children. And maybe 
you're not investing because you can't have fun with your kids. Maybe you're saying, Chase, well, all I have time for is correcting. Have you met my kid? And maybe your prayer every night is, God, just please for one day, let me be the fun parent tomorrow. Maybe that's your prayer. Some of you that might know me well enough might be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is Pastor Chase doing talking about parenting? We know that he does not have kids. Correct. I don't. But I've spent the majority of my adult life and vocational career investing in the next generation. And when I came to Great Oaks, that was no longer my primary function. My wife, Megan, took up that call and works in our student ministry just because it's that important. So maybe like, okay, get it. All right. Chase doesn't have kids, but he can talk about this because he has experience in working with them for the past decade and a half. So, but what is the church doing talking about fun? I've been to a lot of churches, and I don't know if church is the expert on fun. Maybe you're a little out of your depth when it comes to it. After all, the Bible contains the word fun a whopping zero times. Now we know why I'm preaching this message. I think... The reason we don't believe the church can be a place that addresses fun is we believe that fun and faith are at opposition. I believe that's why when we talk about fun in church, it's kind of like, ooh, really? Fun? Church? Because when we talk about it, we have a feeling that fun and faith collide. And let me explain it this way to you. When I was finished high school and I went off to Bible college for my undergrad degree because I knew I wanted to go into ministry. I went to this place in southwest Missouri called Ozark. And when there, we had a lot of rules. I mean, a lot of rules. Like, for example, you can't wear shorts to class. So yes, in southwest Missouri on a 103 degree August day, I'm walking in pants to class. Or, or maybe if you're a guy at this time when I was in school, this has changed since, you couldn't have hair past your collar. You couldn't show tattoos visibly on your body. And one day, when I thought I had enough education, I thought, eh, this is done. We're going to ask why we have these rules, because I will tell you right now, somewhere deep down I am a rule follower, but you better have good reasons for the rule. So as we sat and we talked to a professor, we said, hey, what's up? It's Thursday. It's 105 outside. I think we can wear dress shorts. There's a thing called dress shorts, all right? So let, let's, let's change this. And a professor looked at us, the couple that brought the question up, and said, guys, it has nothing to do with Scripture why we're doing this. And I'm like, well, then we definitely need to cancel this rule. And then he looks at us and says, understand this. We are preparing you for the context of the church. And I thought about that. I'm like, I have no idea what that means. And then I started in ministry at a very small church, and I was like, oh, I now get what you mean. Because sometimes churches have ways they want to do things, and in order to be able to get the gospel, sometimes you have to conform a little bit on some other things that don't matter. I think the better way to put this story is this. There's a large church in in Louisville, Kentucky by the name of Southeast Christian Church, and for a long time, Bob Russell was the pastor there. Great, godly, spiritual giant phenomenal man. And earlier in the 90s, he brought in two younger pastors to help bring the church back up and for a succession plan for him. This church at this time was like 14,000 people. 
And one of the younger pastors he brought in was going to preach on a Sunday. And that pastor looks at him and says, hey, Bob, I want to preach in jeans and tennis shoes. And Bob looks at him and says, hey, Kyle, so you might know who this Kyle is because it's Kyle Eidelman who writes a lot of small group material now. He says, if the president was coming, how would you dress? If the president was coming, how would you dress? Put on a suit, put on a tie. And Kyle's like, dude, if the president was coming, I'd put on a tux. And Kyle looks back at Bob and says, but that's not the point. The point is, I want to dress like my dad's coming. And that struck him hard enough to be like, you know what? Do it. Preaching jeans and tennis shoes. Sometimes we get focused on the wrong thing. And I think the reason why we don't think the church can have fun is because we see fun as childishness. And church, there's a difference between childishness and childlikeness. I hope we know the difference. Childness is, is selfish. Childlikeness is simple. Scripture tells us we should be, have the faith that's like a child, loves the simple truths, fully believes the story immediately, like the ark. That's the faith we should have. I guess in order for us to have the convo of fun, we need to define the word fun today. There are two types of fun in my book. Type number one is amusement. Amusement is the first type of fun. There's no thought. No thought. The best example for amusement is an amusement park. Best, best, best example. There we go. I don't know where we pulled this image from or which park that is, but let me tell you, growing up in central Indiana, where the amusement park was. It was Kings Island. There was nothing better than Kings Island on the western side of Ohio. Some of you people in here are like, well, we love Six Flags. Well, Six Flags doesn't hold a candle to Kings Island. You'd go there. I remember going there as a teenager, and you'd ride six roller coasters, eat a hot dog from Skyline Chili, get on six more, find a trash can, throw up, get on six more. It was the greatest time ever. And that's amusement. That's a type of fun. There's no thought to it. You just do it. Then there's the second type of fun, enjoyment. It's what we get pleasure or satisfaction out of. Now, fun might not be in Scripture, but the word enjoyment sure is. And the root, the root word of enjoyment being joy definitely is. So let's go, the, let's go for Old Testament for a minute. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says this. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let me explain what's going on here. Nehemiah and Ezra, they're given the law, and they have been through a lot. They're back from exile, building a wall. Nehemiah has led these people through a lot. And finally, he's saying, guys, stop grieving. Stop being in despair. Go and enjoy choose, choice food and sweet drink. And let me explain what that would have been. Choice food? Huh. This, is where, this is my favorite part of the sermon. It would have been like a brisket with like the fat cap still on there. Mm. You know, smoked long hours. That would have been choice food, all right? And that's what he's saying, dude, go and enjoy and then if you, if you have more, then give to others. Don't grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I think we have this lie caught up in our head 
that the only time we're ever going to have fun or enjoyment is when we're in glory with Jesus. And sometimes we have this opinion that until we're there, God calls us not to have fun. Church, fun might not be in Scripture, but that's also not in Scripture. I think we can enjoy time before we're with Him in glory because we should enjoy the fact that we have Him. Proverbs puts it this way. Proverbs 15, 13, A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. Man, I'm telling you, saw some faces coming in this morning. I think we can do some happy hearts in here. I think, let's be honest, as a culture, we've lost our smile a little bit. But what do we have the happiness in our heart about? Well, hopefully first, it's about your faith in God. Secondly, if you have a family in here, I hope it's them. We need to be having that kind of enjoyment and happiness because that's going to lead to fun. And we need to have fun over time with the next generation so they know what life looks like that doesn't deal with all these issues all the time. And they understand that they can have fun. So where did we go wrong, church? Where did we go wrong? I think here's the simple root of where the church and people have had with the fun issue. Simple equation. Sin equals fun. All right? We wouldn't struggle with sin if it wasn't fun. I'll be real. Because sin feels temporarily good. If sin was like, oh, let's see here. If sin was like a bowl of Brussels sprouts that are awful, I mean, no one would do it. But if sin is like, man, it's a T-bone. It's good food. And that's what it feels like sometimes. Sin can be fun. And therefore, since that equation is accurate, we flip it. So therefore, fun equals sin. We do this all the time. And in fact, the absolute answer to that equation is it's sinful for the church to be fun. That's where we've come with this. That is the logical progression of what we've done in the church. Since sin is fun, fun must be sin, and it's sinful for the church to be fun. Let me tell you what brought me to church. I was raised in church most of my life. I mean, my grandparents took me to a small Baptist church where I really learned some things. But then I started going to youth ministry. And, and, and youth group and student ministry, it is a different animal. It really is. So let me tell you about one of my five people. We talked about how Fuller Theological Institute says, hey, every person in the next generation, every child needs five people to raise them, to be healthy. One of those five for me was a student pastor that I had when I was in junior high and high school by the name of Brad. And I started going to this church youth group because they had a really fun time and my friends were talking about it. So I said, you know what, I'll try it out. Went there once, twice, and I was, hey, I was like, all right, this is an all right time. You know, we have some good talks. We have to play some games. And then I went there for a lock-in one night. Lock-ins were like, back in my day, the church version of fun. And we get there, and Brad gets us all and gets us in this Dodge van. If you want to know what kind of Dodge van I'm talking about, you know the beginning of Home Alone? That's the Dodge van I'm talking about. We're all climbing into this van, probably doesn't have brakes for all I know. And in the back, we see like just these massive quantities of toilet paper. And I'm like, what are we doing? And he looks back at all of us in the van and said, hey, boys, because it was all guys that night, we're TP in the church elders' houses tonight. And I was like, I don't even know these people. I'm already having a great time. 
And then the van shoots off and we're rolling. And first off, if you're a young kid here, I'm not promoting vandalism. Everybody knew about it. It was a fun time. All right, disclaimer over. And we're, we're TPing these houses. I guess he forgot to communicate to one elder because the only non-fun moment of the night was I did see one of our church elders in his boxer shorts and had a great time, had a blast. And for me, that was like, man, I want to come back. And so much so that when I went into student ministry, when I was doing student ministry and leading students, the popular prank for them was saran wrapping cars. Some of you might know about that. One day, I was at the church office, and I walked out, and my car has been saran wrapped very poorly. Took a pocket knife out, one swipe, make sure not to hit the paint, right off, we're good to go. So I said, well, this is not going to stand. So being in a smaller rural church, I went to the kitchen, talked to some of my kitchen ladies who are God sense, and said, hey, we have saran wrap in here, right? And they're like, yes. Actually, we have about this 500-footer from GFS. I will take the whole thing, please. Called the school. They knew I was going to be in the school parking lot so I didn't get arrested. See? Smart moves. And saran wrapped two of the students' cars together. And how you do this, how you do this, you tie it off under the exhaust pipe underneath the car, roll one way, tie it off, then roll another way to the next car. It was a great time. Then sitting on the hill, watching these kids try to do that and undo it was hilarious. Why do I share those stories? Because my youth pastor spent time with me, first off, having fun. And having that fun time led to serious conversations. Those serious conversations led to me talking about, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And then led to me talking about, hey, I think God is calling me into ministry and him guiding me. And then those two students I referred to, one of them, it led to serious conversations, serious teaching moments. To where now he is a connections pastor in Ohio leading people to the gospel. Church, that all started because we said we could have fun in church. So when people tell me that fun is not important, I tell you I would not be on this stage today if someone didn't say, I want to have fun over time with that kid. There's a reason why Pastor Kevin spends so much time planning our messy games in August. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's mud volleyball out, out in our field in August. Great time. But what you might be surprised to know is serious conversations about the gospel happen because we have fun over time with the next generation. So the main point of my sermon today, church, main point of my sermon, I'm excited to say it, is probably the funnest main point I've ever had in a sermon of all my career. Here's my main point. Stop being lame. <laughs> I'm serious. Just stop. Stop being lame. This is what happens when Jason gives you fun, all right? I think it's important we know that. Because it's things like that I just referred to that made me and also the students that I've taught always want to hear about the truth of the gospel. I think Jim Rayburn, the founder of Young Life, says it best because he says it this way. We believe it's sinful to bore kids with the gospel. Now, before somebody reads into that quote, let me explain what he's actually saying there. He's not saying we don't tell the kids about the gospel because it's a bore. He's saying there's ways to talk about the gospel and it not be boring to people. And that's why Young Life has the, the outreach they have and does the fun things. Same reason why YFC, one of our kingdom builders, does the things they do and they have club and all that going on. 
Because we know that the next generation needs to be invested with fun over time. Because when we do that, truth will happen at some point, which is the important part. For those of you that have kids that come to Great Oaks, we have what we call our kids town area over here. I want you to understand something. When your kids come here, here is the kids town staff, our church staff. Here's our priorities of what we hope kids town is. So number one, it's the one that kids will never talk about. We hope it's safe. That is our number one priority when handling kids, period. The second thing, when your kid gets dismissed from Kids Town, here's what we hope they tell you. I had fun. I had fun. Because if they had fun, they're going to come back because you spend time, more time with people you have fun with. And then after time, we have that truth of the gospel. They learn about Jesus. And I hope they solidify themselves in the truth of who he is. The reason we have safe as number one is because, let's be honest, if somebody gets hurt, that's not fun. We're not going to get a chance to tell them the truth of the gospel if somebody gets hurt. That's why safety has always been number one and always will be. Now, some of you might say, hey, Chase, I know my Bible pretty well. All right? In Acts chapter 2, it tells us about the formation of the church, and it pretty much puts it this way. Acts chapter 2 says this in verse 42. It's not on the screen, so just open up your ears and listen up. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And we use this as like how church is. And we have teaching, we have fellowship, we have prayer, we have communion and community all found in that. And you might respond with, well, Chase, fun's not mentioned in there. Having a good time is not mentioned in there. And that's what drives me nuts about when we read Scripture. Two things. Number one, let's go to the logical level. It also didn't tell me to put on pants when I came to church either, but I'm sure you're glad I did. When we read text, sometimes we said, oh, hey, here's what it includes, so it must exclude everything else. And what this is, it's the apostles saying, hey, here's the basics for church. Here's the foundation. Here's where it starts. Teaching, which is happening right now. Communion, breaking of bread, which happens next Sunday. Prayer, which happens throughout the service, and we encourage our life groups and anyone that's here to pray throughout the week without ceasing. But don't tell me that you can't have fun because if we look at the word fellowship or community, fun can be derived in there. Sometimes we look so intently on something that we miss the main point. And so parents, let me hit you a little harder this morning. Yes, your children have been given to you by God to raise up and to steward. And so we see that as we've got to make sure they raise the correct way. That maybe that means, that since that's number one, we can't have fun. When you talk to young teenagers and teenagers, when you recall, hey, what's your happiest moments with your parents? When you ask them that question, when you ask them that question, 90% of the time, I'm going to tell you right now, it is, man, I loved it when dad would wrestle. I loved it when we could throw a ball in the house. 
I loved having these family flag football games. Most of the time, they're going to talk about a time that they had fun as a family. And community was had. And when we do that, it makes having those conversations so much easier about, hey, here's how you should be raised up and here's how you should go. Because kids, you have fun with them, that shows them that you like them. Maybe as a parent, you're like, man, I love my children, but there's days I don't like them. All right? True statement. I think our kids could say the same thing back. I think my parents love me, but I don't know if they really like me. I'm serious, because they don't want to have fun with me. Take that, please. Because I don't want you to waste a marble. I don't want you to lose a marble because you're not spending time on this level with the next generation. Luke chapter 7. This is a thing that's stuck in between two parables. And I want to say this this morning. Luke 7, 31 to 35 says this. To what can I compare the people of this generation, Jesus asked. How can I describe them? They're like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends. We played wedding songs and you didn't dance. We played funeral songs and you didn't weep. Verse 33, for John the Baptist didn't spend his time eating bread or drinking wine, and you say he's possessed by a demon. Verse 34, the son of man, who is Jesus, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to the right by the lives of those who follow it. What does that text even mean? You know what the text means? What I absolutely love about it? As Jesus is talking about what is up with this generation of people, what is up with these Pharisees and Sadducees, what, what's going on? You had John the Baptist, who was pretty much as straight-laced as you could get it. You got Jesus, who was willing to hang out with a lot of different people and be around a lot of sinners. And you still didn't get it. And it shows the flexibility of God. And how the gospel can be presented. Some of us resonate more with John the Baptist. Some of us resonate more with how Jesus ministered. And I think we are dangerously close to how the generation that Jesus was speaking to in Luke chapter 7 probably took this. Because if Jesus was ministering in person today, I believe some of us would have the nerve to say he is close to sin. I'm serious. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jesus, you're hanging out with those people? Those people? <laughs> Lost cause there. Whoa, whoa. Jesus, that party had alcohol at it. What are you doing? Yo, Jesus, that party. Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what those people did yesterday? And when we get on that kind of level... When we get there, man, we do a disservice to the gospel. Because the reason that Jesus did what he did and how he ministered to is because everyone needs to hear the hope of the gospel, church, which is what you have. And he wanted to spend time with the next generation. That's why he said it's good for us to have childlike faith when he hung out with kids. So what are you doing? Church, what are you doing? Let me give you some practical applications on how to have fun. Step one, loosen up. 
Loosen up. Loosen up. What a, a good movie, a classic movie. Everybody seen School of Rock with Jack Black? Anybody? All right. He's teaching orchestra class, wanting to make orchestra fun. He's hey, you take that bass, you put it sideways, you slap it like that. One of my favorite things. It's great. Have fun with it. I think our culture and our community and our world need to know Christians aren't lame. Christians like to have fun because they have the hope of the gospel. No, fun is not the foundation. But I'm telling you right now, fun is what brought me to the table. Because someone was willing to invest time with me. And since they had fun with me over time, they were able to speak words to me over time. Tell me stories over time. Show me love over time. And then when I was ready to make a decision, who did I go to? The person that invested in me. And I want to know, hey, what about this guy named Jesus? Because that person took time. So step one, church, loosen up. Step two, learn to play. Please learn to play. I'm going to say something right now that goes against every mom in this room. And I'm okay with it. There is a time when it's okay for a ball to fly in the house. There is a time. There is a time when it's okay for food to leave the plate that doesn't go in the mouth. There is a time. Every dad here is like, yes! Yes! Guys, invest, have fun over time. Third, I think this one's most important. Laugh again. And I say again, because I think the last couple years, we haven't had many good times of laughter. I don't usually go medical on you here, but I'm going to this morning. So normally when I talk about Bible, I usually know pretty much the facts, and I pretty much get there with my own knowledge. So... CDC told me this. Oh, no, sorry, Mayo Clinic, my bad. Laughter. Here's the short-term advantages of laughter. Stimulates the organs. Activates and relieves stress response. Soothes tension. Long-term effects. Improves your immune system. Yeah, I'm never going to die. All right. <laughs> relieves pain. Increases personal satisfaction. And lastly, and I think most importantly for our culture today, improves your mood. Guys, laugh again. Now when people talk to you, hey, what are you so happy about? I'm happy that life is where it is. I'm happy that I have the community that I have that I call church. I'm happy that I have my life group. I'm happy that I have Jesus. Because since I have all that in perspective, all this stuff doesn't matter. The question we pose to you at the beginning of the series is the one we're going to talk about at the end here. What is the faith of the next generation worth to you? What is it worth to you? Are you willing to spend time? Are you willing to share stories, show love? Are you willing to maybe take away some shame off of you and be like, all right, I'm going to have fun. It might look awful, but I'm going to have fun. So let me give you some homework for this week. Here is Pastor Chase's homework for class today. Have fun, please. Have fun. And here's how I want you to do it. There's multiple ways to have fun. So if you're going out as a family today, have fun with your kids. Whatever you want to do. You want to stop at a park. And for those you might like, Chase, fun turns into yelling in our household. Well, try not to. <laughs> Guided fun, all right? Try it. For those of you that may, you know what? My kids are 
raised and gone. All right. Have fun with each other. Talk to friends. Have fun. Maybe you're in here like, Chase, I'm here by myself and I have no one in this community to have fun with. Well, come see me at Connection Central because I'm going to get you some people to have fun with. We call them life groups here at Great Oaks. We hope at Great Oaks you can have fun in your life group. And since this whole thing has been about the next generation, and you're like, hey, don't have kids, how do I invest in the next generation? I don't, I don't either, and I, I've tried to make sure I do that. There's opportunities. Cross-training, number one. We have that coming up in a couple weeks. Five nights where you can spend time and invest with young kids. And you see that fun turn into something amazing, which is kids realizing the need of the gospel. So I close with this. Please realize that it's okay to have fun in church. It's okay to have fun with your faith. Because maybe that's what the world needs to see in the time we live in is that we can have fun and still love Jesus. Let's pray. Dear <laughs> Father God, as we come here, we just are so glad we can gather in the house. God, as we talk about, you know, we talk about fun. We know that fun comes from enjoyment. And we know that you are all about joy. May we understand that our joy comes from our hope that's in the Lord, which we have so much hope. Your son Jesus, we have so much hope. God, may we harness that, take it out in our community, and show people what it means to have a good time and love Jesus, and may people see Jesus through that. May we have fun over time with the next generation and show them that we not only love them, but we like them. Make that our prayer this morning, God. God, we thank you for all that you've given us, especially your son. We pray this in his name. Amen.